peace of our Lord be with you. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with my people. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors, says the Lord. This time I will write it on their hearts. Every three years, the lectionary asks the church throughout the world to read on the fifth Sunday in the sacred season of Lent those words from the book of Jeremiah. And every time they roll back around, we know instinctively that we are in the presence of one of the Bible's great tipping points. That moment when God is reported to have said to Jeremiah, the days are surely coming when I am going to make a new covenant with my people. But this time, I'm going to write it on their hearts. Days which, by that time, were not only surely coming, but also already arriving. By the time Jeremiah told the people of God that God was going to write a new covenant on their hearts, the heart writing Jeremiah was promising was already happening. For example, back in the book of Deuteronomy, both eunuchs and foreign-born persons were excluded from the covenant of God with the people of God. But in Isaiah 56, Isaiah says, of course eunuchs and foreigners are welcome in the family of God. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 38, it is a foreign-born eunuch who is the hero, an Ethiopian eunuch named Ebed-Melech rescuing Jeremiah from a pit into which Jeremiah had been thrown to die. And in that same part of the Hebrew Scripture, which first says no to those to whom Isaiah and Jeremiah later say yes, Moabites in particular are specifically and permanently excluded from ever having a part in the family of God. Yet, the book of Ruth not only makes a Moabite the hero of the story, it weaves her into the family tree of David, making a previously permanently excluded Moabite the grandmother of Israel's greatest king. Something is happening here. And it isn't happening between Judaism and Christianity or between the Old Testament and the New, 
But it is happening even as Jeremiah speaks. Even as Jeremiah is dreaming of a day when God will rewrite God's law on human hearts, God is already doing it. The children of God following their hearts past the place where the letter of the law once would have dropped them off. A new law of love which begins in the Old Testament and continues in the New where Joseph has a dream in his sleep which becomes a feeling in his heart that all indications to the contrary, Joseph should marry Mary despite his assumption at the time that to marry Mary would take them past the place where the written law would have told them to stop. Then, of course, there is that moment in the Gospel of John. That moment when Jesus follows his own heart past the place where his own scripture would have dropped him off in the face of a crowd with rocks at the ready to stone a person because their scripture says they must, says they can. That moment in the Gospel of John when the crowd reminded Jesus that written scripture called for the person to die. And then, immediately, immediately, after being reminded about what was written in Scripture, the Gospel of John says that Jesus bent down, not once, but twice, to write and then rewrite with his finger. The Gospel of John says, something in the sand. The Gospel of John does not tell us what Jesus wrote, then rewrote in the sand, which is great because that means that no one knows what Jesus wrote and then rewrote with his finger in the sand. And since nobody knows what Jesus wrote, everybody gets to wonder. I wonder if when Jesus stooped down and wrote 
with his finger in the sand and then stooped down a second time to rewrite what he had written in the sand. If Jesus was writing a new law of love that will from time to time like all words written in sand, need to be written again and again. The lines we draw in the sand needing to be redrawn from time to time to meet the growing demands of a living law of love written by the finger of God not on paper pages but on pounding hearts the very thing which Jeremiah promises is going to happen in today's scripture lesson and the sort of thing to which Jesus points when Jesus says in Matthew 22, 34 through 40 that the central standard by which all the law is to be measured is the commandment to love God with all that is in us and to love all others as we love ourselves. Not unlike Paul's declaration in Romans chapter 13 that all of the laws and all of the commandments that have ever been spoken can be summed up, Paul says, in one. Love others as you love yourself. New Testament echoes of Jeremiah's First Testament promise. The day is coming when God will lay down a new law for the people of God. And this time, God is going to write it on human hearts. The church, of course, has a name for that kind of heart writing. We call it the Holy Spirit. When we open our lives to the Spirit of God, what God wants for us and from us, what God requires of us and gives to us, begins to move little by little into our hearts until eventually, someday, we become so completely born again and so deeply filled with the Spirit of God that we no longer need any external law or rule chapter or verse, incentive or motivation, reward or punishment. All we need to live lives of 
genuine holiness, goodness, righteousness, and kindness is the law of love written across our hearts. In fact, if we live prayerfully enough for long enough, intentionally open to the Holy Spirit, we might actually reach a place in our lives before we die at which if for some unspeakably tragic reason someone were to come around and take up all the Bibles. While that would be to us an enormous loss, it would not change at all the way we live or what we do or how we treat others. Because the Holy Spirit has already written what matters most all over the walls of our hearts. The law of love just as Jeremiah promised, written on our hearts. Amen. As we come to the close of this hour of worship, we invite you during this time of response to make important decisions for our Lord and our Lord's Church.